Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chair. Puck goes to McDavid on the left wing, back to the point. Bouchard brings it to the middle. Now he'll go to the net. He'll shoot! Scores! Evan Bouchard walks in and gives the the Bush bomb for the win. The Edmonton Oilers have taken eight in a row. That is one shy of the franchise record for longest winning streak. The Oilers 13-0-1 in their last 14 games. They had that overtime loss to Vegas. That's the only minor blemish in the last 14 games. And speaking of Vegas... The Oilers are still alive for first place in the Pacific Division. Now, it won't be easy. A couple things got to go the Oilers' way because Vegas is uh, on the verge of wrapping up a win over Seattle. It's 4-1 in the final minute of the third period, so the Oilers will be two points behind the Golden Knights. So for the Oilers to finish first in the Pacific, they have to beat San Jose on Thursday, and then Vegas would have to lose in regulation time. They're going to play Seattle again. That game is going to be in Seattle. But nonetheless, an excellent run continues here for the Edmonton Oilers. I, I mean, really, quite frankly, Rob Brown, as he pops in, joining me here on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line, um, but, you know, I, sometimes in sports, we, we can be guilty of hyperbole. By we, I mean people who talk about sports in general, media, fans, whoever. Um, but I do not think it is any form of exaggeration to call these last 14 games, perhaps even these last two and a half to three months, one of the best runs in the history of the Oilers franchise. Uh, they're good. Uh, well, it's funny. Every game... Uh, we seem to be talking about something that somebody is doing or the team is doing, and it goes back to when the others were winning Stanley Cups. They haven't had this kind of run since 83. They haven't had uh, a winning streak like that since 85. This, this is the best offensive display since Gretzky and, and, and Messi or examples like that. So, yeah, I mean, when you start comparing them against the great teams that the others have had in the past now, regular season wise it just doesn't get better than what the others have done as of late and the thing that should give fans even more excitement going into the playoffs is not the fact that they're winning games it's how they're winning games they're they're shutting down top teams they're keeping teams to two goals or less they're giving up a goal a game they're winning games because they're uh, a better defensive team than the team they're playing against so come playoff time, when games are all 2-1, 1-0, 3-2, others are very comfortable playing those games because they've been doing it for so long. And tonight was just another example of a good defensive effort where they limited the chances against, where they didn't make the big mistake, and they got the timely goal when they needed it. So, yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you that this is a, a streak or, or a, a, a stretch of games that the others have put together that it'll match up with just about any other team that they've in the regular season over the history of this team franchise well up to 107 points on the season which is the fifth highest total in franchise history now some of those seasons were with 80 games this was game 81 
you can use the points percentage column if you want, and it's down to, you know, thousands of a, of a points percentage. But but anyway, you slice it. This has become one of the weather's best regular seasons of uh, of all time. And as I explained, still a chance to, to finish first in the division. They'll need a little bit of help, but still a good run here. And the Oilers win it on the power play, Rob, which I had, they had a chance to give the team the lead in the second period. They had a four-minute power play as uh, Taves went off for cutting Hyman with a high stick. Oilers couldn't score there, but then they get a four-on-three in overtime after Byram was found guilty of hooking McDavid. Yeah, well, Byron made the first play to start it off. The, the Avalanche had control of the puck in the offensive zone, but they were kind of in no man's land against the boards, and Byron tried throwing it back to McKinnon, and it got picked off by Dreisaitl. Turned into a two-on-one with a back checker. Uh, Byron got a little lazy, stopped moving his feet, you can't do that when you're back checking against Connor. I still believe that should have been a penalty shot. Um, full control behind the defense. No shot on net. To me, that checked all of the boxes. But when they got on the power play, and that's what we just talked about with Bob, the Oilers had 300-point scores on the ice. They've got a guy with 60 goals, a guy with 50 goals, and a guy in the 40s, uh, or close to 40. So if you're defending, you, you got to, okay, take away the worst case scenario okay we don't want mcdavid leon nuge okay bouchard we're going to give him that extra moment with the puck and bouchard realized that he took the puck to the middle did a little head head fake and all the defenders went to take away what they thought were the bigger threats uh they most teams in the national hockey league haven't seen bouchard shoot uh, as often as we as fans have and bouchard with that much time uh wasn't going to miss and an absolute beautiful shot. Georgia the fifth had no chance at all, and the Edmonton Oilers keep their dream alive of not just winning the division, but winning their conference, which would give them home ice advantage if they meet Colorado or Dallas or whoever it is down the line. McDavid getting an assist on the game-winning goal, so his point streak now goes to 15 games. Oilers beat the Avalanche 2-1 in overtime. He is at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but it's quite hot in there today and quite hot outside. So, um, And the way the game was played, uh, you know, I thought it was an excellent hockey game by both teams. Had a great feel to it. Both teams had good chances in the end. Uh, you know, our power play got it done with a great shot, but um, well-played game by both teams. You just need a four-on-three or what? Um, no, I thought, you know what, I thought we had looks. Uh, we hit a crossbar earlier in the game, and, uh, you know, it just worked out that way that we got a power play in overtime. It was nice to see. Um, and uh, what a great play by Evan Bouchard. It was excellent. Team rolled up their sleeves, went to work. Um, not an easy building to play in against, not an easy team to play against. Is this one of those late season wins that you know, might mean more in April than it could potentially mean in October or November? Um, it's game 81 of the regular season. It's a, I thought it was a heck of a game. Fans got their money's worth. I thought it was well played. It wasn't run and gun and uh, taking needless chances. Um, I like the word you use, workmanlike. It was a workmanlike uh, win. Nobody got impatient with the way the game was being checked. Um, you know, in the end, we found uh, the key play at the right moment. Um, but I think the more games we play like that heading into the playoffs, the better it is for us because, um, you know, we call these dress rehearsals. We got one left. And, um, you know, we're pushing to finish as high as we possibly can. Um, you know, and we came into this building against the Stanley Cup champs. This is uh, how we expected to play. And we went out and we executed. We'll enjoy it for a little bit and get on the plane, travel well, and um, rest up and get ready for San Jose in the last game of the year. Jay, do you feel like there's a heightened sense of comfort in your team's ability to play these tight, high-pressure hockey games? I hope so. Yeah, I think uh, we've seen some results here. Um, you know, I think it's a credit to the leadership in the dressing room. Um, I, I really like, uh, I used the word earlier, patience. Like, I think we're playing a, a patient game and taking what's given to us, while at the same time still being on the front foot not just accepting pressure or accepting another team coming at us. We're on the front foot, but we, we're not forcing anything. Um, we gave up a golden night. It went off our own stick and in the net. Um, but 
you know, I was quite pleased with the way we worked, uh, quite pleased with the way we checked. I thought our special teams, um, you know, our penalty kill was excellent against an unbelievable power play, and uh, our power play got it done when it mattered most. Would you say you're trying to be op uh, opportunistic then offensively, just the way you're approaching? Well, just not not forcing anything. Um, we realize who we have in our dressing room. We got a quite a number of guys that can break games open when chances arise um, so uh, there's no need to be impatient um, just you know just continue to stick with it and playing a game where you continue to gain territory I thought the second period we did an excellent job with that uh, kind of took the game over there uh, they got back in it with a couple uh, late power plays in the third period um, but it was it was the type of game that we have to get comfortable in because that's that's the way it's played in the playoffs. Result aside, is that the most pleased you've been with your team against the Avalanche in, in your time as coach? Um, no, I thought last year we uh, clinched a playoff spot in a game at home where I think we went 6-2 and we had to kill off a bunch of penalties and 5-on-3s and all that type of stuff. And That was a big win for our team. I thought we played some good hockey in the playoffs, especially in games 3 and 4. Uh, it, it wasn't our time. Uh, it wasn't our time then, uh, but it seems like every game we play against this team is a tight game, and that's a credit to the way they're coached, uh, the level of players they have in their dressing room, and, um, you know, like I said, today was a good dress rehearsal to, to help get us ready uh, for when the real bullets fly. Both Bouchard and Ekholm described Stuart Skinner as calm and composed in that crease. What does that do in terms of the tone for the rest of the team when your goaltender is as calm as he is in high-pressure moments? Yeah, I've come to expect that. Um, you know, I've seen it uh, at the American League level, and I've seen it uh, through his progression here in the National Hockey League. He's somebody who puts a lot of work into his craft. He's a mature individual. He's uh, wise uh, beyond his years. His preparation is meticulous. And... Um, you know, we get to see the end result, which is how he played the game today. But I'm, I'm fortunate because I get to see all the stuff that goes into it. Good thing. Okay, Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft after the Oilers beat the Colorado Avalanche 2-1 in overtime. Bouchard, the game winner. The first two goals in this game were early. Myers at 4.52 of the first. Ekholm for McLeod and Fogle 36 seconds later at 5.28. Yeah, Rob... I mean, the, the goals against, I, I mean, it, it's such a far cry from some of the problems we were talking about earlier in the season. One goal tonight, one against the Sharks, one against the Ducks, uh, one against the Kings, shut out of the Kings, shut out of the Ducks. I, I mean, it's a pretty in, incredible run here for the Oilers in terms of their defensive play. And, and, and I'm curious what you think, because, I mean, look, there are mistakes. Opposing teams get chances. Opposing teams have good offensive players, but... I feel like the mistakes aren't piling up. You know, the Oilers are able to play responsible enough. They're they're recovering uh, quicker if something goes wrong. You know, it's not turning into grade A chance against, uh, uh, you know, piled up on top of each other. Well, yeah, they're not cheating. And I think at times during the first half of the season, they'd be cheating. So when a mistake was made, the Oiler player that could have bailed his teammate out was on the wrong side defensively or had flown the zone or at his back to the play. So a mistake was made and then it turned into a, a grade A chance. It turned into a, a, a whopper uh, of a mistake because there was no one there to, to help out. Mistakes are still being made, but the Oilers now, uh, they're back pressure. They're staying on the proper side defensively. They're not leaving the zone. They're coming back to the house so that now, okay, I, Ekholm got beat out of the corner. Well, now he's got to go through Kane or he's got to go through Yamamoto. And that gives the defenseman to get time to get back into the right place. Uh, they, they're punting a lot more. When they don't have a play, they're just flipping the puck out, getting into the neutral zone, throwing it off the glass. They still make plays when they're there, but they're not forcing them. And I think that's what we've seen a lot early in the year. The, the, the Oilers forwards would leave the zone. The defensemen would be left on their own a little bit. They'll try to force something it'll get picked off, and now it's odd man breaks. It's been a, a while that we've seen odd man breaks. Tonight, Colorado had one, and that was just McKinnon being superstarish and skating past everybody. But the, the others are consciously playing good defensive hockey, and they always were capable of it, and that's why we called, it, called them out at times in the first half of the year because they were capable of this. They chose not to, to be a good defensive team. 
And now that we're seeing what they can do defensively, if the Oilers keep the other teams at two, two or less, they're going to win 90% of those games because they've got the two best players in the league. They have the best power play in the league. They have depth scores. Now they can put the puck in the net. So the Oilers are now finding out, hey, if we play good defensive hockey, we will win hockey games. And they have a goaltender, and they talked about it, and Jay Woodcroft talked about it, a calm and cool, cool very collected goaltender that if there is a breakdown, he's there to give them a save. That gives the rest of the team confidence. That's our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. Oilers win 2-1 in overtime on the road against the Colorado Avalanche. It's a team record for road wins in the season as they get their 27th. And, and Rob, I, I think we got to talk about the goaltender here. Uh, I mean, Skinner, 28 saves on 29 shots. He gets his 28th win of the season. He's in the top 10 in the NHL in wins. Um, you know, we got asked a lot earlier, Calder vote, Calder vote. And I was always like, well, I don't know. A lot of guys are... You get, but you got to look at the whole season. We got, a, we got a rookie goaltender here who, I mean, if he doesn't... We'll see how some other things shake out. If he's not in the top 10 in wins, he's probably going to be in the top... 12 or 13 which is still the the top third in the league basically yeah to me he's he should be in the running and should be one of the finalists um maddie benear is a fantastic young player down in seattle he, he's going to have his name in there the kid out of uh the kid out of arizona will have his name in there but for the importance of the position as a goaltender for a goaltender that was thrust into a situation that he wasn't supposed to be in 28 wins is pretty good for a backup goaltender and that's what Stuart Skinner started the season as. Uh, he's been outstanding. And when I look back the last couple of years, when Mike Smith was on his game, and he had stretches where he was unbeatable, and you'd watch the game and say, you know what, I, I can't see them scoring a goal on Smith tonight. He's that good. I think we're at the point right now over the last little while with Stuart Skinner, it's the same thing. It's just, you know what, it's going to have to be something special to beat him because he's not going to give you anything. He's not going to get beat with a soft one. Uh, and he's going to steal a couple that you would expect to go in as well. So Stuart Skinner gives them quality starts. And that is a huge, huge boost going into the playoffs. There's a, This is a confident team that feels they have the goaltending that goes with just about everything else that's going right for them going into the playoffs. This is a team that believes truly, truly believes that they can win the Stanley Cup, and they should think that. Stuart Skinner's your fourth star of the game for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Georgie the fifth, the third star, he was pretty good in net for the Avalanche. He stopped 38 out of 40. Matthias Ekholm scored tonight. He's the second star, and Evan Bouchard, the OT winner, is the first star. Rob, we've had a, a gentleman call in two or three times this season who was quite unhappy with the the people who were the players who were selected as the three stars and i should tell people if, if you've never looked online i mean you can you can get the official nhl game sheet online it's it's not a secret you can you can find it easily with the scoring summary and and there's a little corner in the bottom right and it says the three stars selected by and it'll you like for a lot of the Oilers games it'll just say sportsnet right like mm -hmm. the, somebody picked or the people in working in the truck picked or producer picked or whatever. Well, tonight it says three stars selected by the Colorado hockey coach of the game, Andrew Ramsey of the Boulder Hockey Club. So <laughs> it's obviously cool. a my which is that's a great promotion. Have a minor it, uh, hockey coach, but if you're unhappy oil country, Andrew Ramsey's well, your guy. Well, actually, <laughs> and he did a heck of a job. Those so. are good. Perfect. Perfect. I've actually got to pick the three stars a few times in NHL hockey. It's kind of neat. It's like, hey, what do I want to have be first star tonight? But no, that's really cool. And I give him credit. Those, all three of those players were excellent in this game. And I can tell you with 99% certainty that if the guy scores an overtime winner, he's usually going to be the first star. And Bouchard with a, a wonderful shot to give the Edmonton Oilers a very important two points. Yeah, I was just watching the replay again online of the little fake pass he, he made to McDavid. I mean, that, that was a great fake because he, he, he totally turned his body. 
mm-hmm. right? It's 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 like a you know a, a quarterback. He'll totally turn his shoulders and pump fake one direction. Like he completed ninety percent of the pass, except for actually releasing the puck or or the ball in my football comparison. And then he's got the open lane to fire away. Well, and you're the defender, and you're thinking, okay, there's McDavid. Okay, yeah, we're not going to let him get the puck. Right. So you have to cheat towards that. So yeah, again, pick your poison. If you're the defenders, he's got the puck there. There's three guys you don't want the puck in their hands. Bouchard is going to be the guy that you're going to want to shoot. And Bouchard knew it. He took advantage of it. And uh, I mean, I mean, that is a bullet. That's just a quick wrist uh, to, to fire where it is. And we all know he's got the big slap shot, but that was just him using strength and a wrist shot. And Georgie the fifth had no chance at all. He was disappointed in himself, but he wasn't going to stop that. And again, Evan Bouchard continues to uh, gain confidence as we move into the most important parts of the parts of the season. And again, uh, what we said with Bob, there's there's players on the back end that the Oilers fans have asked about over the course of the season. Are they good enough come playoff time? And I think over this last little while, and especially tonight in this game, in the game against LA, the Oilers back end has been excellent. And that bodes well for the Oilers going forward. All right, so a 2-1 overtime win. Bouchard the winner. Here he is. High pressure game, high pressure moments. How much do you feel like your team relishes those moments? Yeah, I think that was a huge game for us. Um, recently, we've been winning in different fashions. That was kind of a uh, playoff game, and to come out on top was huge. Take us through your, th- your game-winning goal on that one in OT. Yeah, uh, Connor actually called out, said throw a little fake in there and see what opens up, and luckily for me, the lane opened up and it went in. Just need a four-on-three power play? Was that kind of the secret, or what? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we had our chances in the... Uh, Five on four, but four on three, you definitely get a little more ice with the uh, firepower we have on the ice there. It's, uh, you know, we like our chances. Nice to see the dam break, I guess, eventually after, you know, not scoring on that, that double minor. Was that, was that kind of the best time to score, I guess, in overtime? Yeah, I mean, power plays are huge. Um, when you get the opportunity, especially in overtime, you got to uh, make the team pay. But uh, after that four minute when we didn't score, it kind of, uh, you know, I thought gave us momentum, and I thought uh, we just kept building off that. Do you think... This was the best game you guys have played against the Avalanche in the last couple of years. Yeah, I think it was a big game. Like I said, it's, it was kind of a playoff style. We know this team is a good team. It's a team we can definitely maybe see in the playoffs. So it, uh, to show that we can beat these guys is uh, huge. Matthias Ekholm used the word calm to describe Stuart Skinner and his progression this year. What does that do for you guys on the back end when you have a goaltender that confident? Yeah, he's been uh, unbelievable for us all year. And... Again tonight, he was stellar. He's the one who kept us in the uh, the game when there was breakdowns. But uh, I think the way I come said it was it's great. He's calm back there. It gives us confidence. You know, get up in the play, knowing uh, Skins is going to make a save for us. That is Evan Bouchard, overtime winner tonight. Minute 50 into overtime on the four-on-three power play. Oilers beat the Avs 2-1 in overtime. It's a $200 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They give 100 bucks to Santa's Anonymous every time the Oilers score. Okay, you're also going to hear from Stuart Skinner and Matthias Ekholm, and we are happy to hear from you as well on the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way, 780-496-0063. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins. On Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Kane stepping up with Johnson, and he's going to take a solid hit from Nurse. Came in there and just ran him right over. All right, that's your crunch of the game for Cougar Paint Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. That is one of four hits credited to Darnell Nurse tonight. Also five blocked shots, couple of shots on goal in 24 46 as Nurse was the Oilers' ice time leader tonight. Cougar Payton Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years and counting with the crunch as the Oilers beat the Avalanche 2-1 in overtime. Well, Rob, uh, before we get to the phones here, San Jose on Thursday, do you... (coughs) Pardon me, do you you arrest anybody with a possibility at first place? Yeah, they're not going to rest anyone. That's that's the one thing that kind of scares you as a, as a fan uh, because the game is important. You can win home ice throughout the conference playoffs if you win that game and you get a little bit of luck or a little bit of help from Seattle. It would be 
much more beneficial to the Oilers if if the other teams that they needed to, or all Seattle and Vegas played on Wednesday instead, then they'd be able to judge how they want to go into the game. I imagine they'll all play. It's Fatigue's not going to be an issue because they won't start the playoffs for at least four or five days afterwards. There's always the fear having one of your be your better players get hurt in the final game, but they will play them all. The, the thing is with, they need Seattle to beat Vegas, but Seattle is entrenched. They can't move really that far. I mean, they're they're already in the playoffs. Do they dress all their players in the game against Vegas? Yeah. So I don't know. I do believe that the Oilers will play their full lineup and try to win and try to win the conference, which they, uh, with a little bit of help, are very capable of doing. All right. So the Golden Knights did win 4-1 over the Kraken. So they're two points ahead of Edmonton as we update the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to Edmonton Trailer. Dot com. The Canucks win 3-2 in Anaheim. Devils take it to the Sabres 6-2. Jack Hughes up to 43 goals on the season. Great season for him. Flyers 4-3 in overtime against the Blue Jackets. Hurricanes beat the Red Wings 4-1. Maple Leafs in a first-round preview beat the Lightning 4-3. Bruins 64th win of the season, 5-2 over the Capitals. Chicago wins 5-2 at Pittsburgh. The Jets are going to the playoffs. 3-1 win against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Nick Ehlers drilled in that game. Uh, Reeves fought Lowry. The two coaches maybe would have fought. I don't know, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I did I did watch the... They showed the highlights. Uh, Bonus was very, very upset, and I would be too. He just lost uh, a very good player for possibly part of the playoffs. Ehlers did not look healthy walking down the runway on a, on a, a cheap, dirty play by Hartman. Just dumb. And so, yeah, I'd be really mad if I was bonus too. Uh, whoever wins the conference, they're getting the Winnipeg Jets in the first round. And now it might be Winnipeg Jet without Ehlers, but it's a Winnipeg Jet that's playing much better. And they've got a world-class goalie, as in the game tonight against the Minnesota Wild. It was on the back of Halibut. He was good. All right, 780-496-0063 as the Oilers beat the Avs 2-1 in overtime. All three games between these two teams went to overtime. Avalanche won the first two. We have David standing by. David, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. How's she going tonight? Good. So, uh, I mean, I I didn't grow up watching hockey, and watching this last little while, it's just been incredible. It's the best the Oilers have ever been since I've watched them. So, I mean, I truly hope they go far in the playoffs. My only worry would be if, I mean, Skinner's played incredibly, but if they need Campbell in a game, can he suit up and have the confidence to win them a couple games throughout the playoffs? Well, I, you know, fair question. We've got asked that a lot. Yeah, clearly Campbell's, uh, what, last two or three games, Rob, have been quite a bit better um mm -hmm. you know again it, it's hard to predict exactly how someone might play if needed and, and I, I don't want to deflect from a potential issue that the Oilers could have but I also would suggest go through the eight playoff teams in the Western Conference and and rank the goaltending I, I don't know if the Oilers would be number one but I, I they certainly would not be number eight out of the playoff goal no tending. and and any team that loses, if any team loses their starter, for example, the, the, the caller just asked if Skinner couldn't start and had to go with Campbell. If any other team in the the West uh, had to go to their backup, most of them, I mean, they're backups for a reason. They're not going to be as good as the starters. So there will be a drop-off. You look at Winnipeg, imagine going from Hellebuck to whoever. I don't even know who the backup is in Winnipeg because Hellebuck plays every single game. I think he's played like 15 or 16 in a row. So... Any team that goes to their backup goaltender is is in trouble. The Penguins last year lost out in the, the to the New York Rangers. They ran out of goalies. And eventually, they had a 3-1 lead, I believe, in the series, and their goalies got hurt. So, yeah, it, it's a concern, but it's a concern that would be shared by all 16 teams in the playoffs if they have to go to their backup. David Riddick's in Winnipeg. I did not. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, he's going to try and, to play for every Canadian team, I think. <laughs> true. And, and again... Huge drop-off. I mean, you talk about a drop-off from Skinner to Campbell. Go from Hellebuck to, to Riddick. I mean, you're talking about a guy that went, could win the Vezina or is up for the Vezina every year to a, a journeyman backup. So, yeah, it's a uh, team's... Uh, there's always... Injury problems creep into playoff series at times, but the most important player on the ice is your goalie. And if you lose your goalie in a series, 
you will be affected. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I again, I guess you know you got to go off the last five or six games, and the Oilers have only allowed four goals. So you know, you hope that they can keep playing that well, not just goaltending wise, but uh, also defensively. The the one thing about Campbell, and I, I've tried to be as optimistic as I could be most of the season. Um, you know, even though it kind of reached a point where it's like, man, oh man, he's he's the the most confident he sounded was when he spoke after what was the last game he played, the Anaheim game, right? Because yeah, they yep. haven't played a lot here in the last week. Where he just said, "Yep, I feel good. That's the best." I, I, you know, I can't remember what he said, but it was like, "Oh, that's a far cry from the guy who said he was an embarrassment or whatever he said back in <laughs> October or November." No, you're right, and and the, the his players will notice that. But I mean, if if Campbell starts a game in the playoffs, something has gone sideways for the Oilers. Either their goalie got hurt or their goalie's not playing well. So if you see Jack Campbell going in, well, there's going to be reason for concern because something hasn't gone according to plan. Oilers win two one in overtime against the Avalanche. We have Anish on the line. Hi, Anish. Go ahead. Hey guys, how are you tonight? Good. Good. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, sticking to goaltending, I know they're playing San Jose, and this is a very big game to potentially win the West and uh, have home ice advantage. So do you think that in this case, Stu, like they start Stu in that game at all, or do they put Cavill in just to get Stu that rest? What do you guys think? That's a good question. Uh, I don't think that playing Skinner would affect rest for him. The fa simple fact that he's he's not played like Hellenbeck where he hasn't played 70 games this year. Uh, and the Oilers won't start the playoffs till Monday at the earliest. So there will be plenty of time to rest. Um, I don't know if you play Campbell just to get him a game in case because it might be a long time before he starts again. My thought is this is a game that could get them home ice advantage in all the first three rounds. So... You throw your best lineup out there, and Stuart Skinner is your best goalie. So I expect Stuart Skinner and all the Oilers players to play in that game. The uh, goals tonight, Myers unassisted. Kind of a, a bad break for Nick Bukestad. He was trying to knock the puck away, and it banked it into his own net. So an unassisted goal. Ekholm for McLeod and Fogel, and then the overtime goal was Bouchard on the power play for McDavid and Dreisaitl. I set the line for Nuge points for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it at one and a half, so he's held off the score sheet tonight. Kareen took the under, so she gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Brandon, go ahead, sir. Thanks for calling. How you guys doing? Good. So, just a couple of questions. Uh, what are you noticing mainly about Nick that's allowing the team to succeed? Obviously, it's not just him. He's playing a big part in it. Maybe something like smaller that you're noticing than not like the average hockey fan would know. And the other one is, is he the best defense in the Oilers have had, in your opinion, since Chris Pronger? I sure think so. Sure thoughts on that, guys. Thanks. Wow. That's pretty high praise because we're talking about a Hall of Famer in Pronger. Um, what does he do? He's big. He's strong. He skates well. He thinks well. Um, he, he just, his compete level. Uh, he, he doesn't force plays and if and he has made mistakes if you watch there have been mistakes made but when he mis makes a mistake he corrects it and and he very quickly understands okay that's wrong oh got let's go fix that what I just did wrong there uh, he's a smart player uh, he's, he's got all the attributes that you need or you wish you had in a hockey player and uh, I think he lo loves the fact now he's not playing in the shadow of a superstar in Yossi and you're seeing what he's capable of doing. Is he the best defenseman we've had since Pronger? Um, I mean, it's a small sample size. He's very good. And uh, again, Nurse has played well since he's come here too. So the others got two very, very good defensemen on the left side that eat up about, well, what was Nurse 24 minutes tonight and Ekholm was 20? Yeah. So there's was 44 minutes. 22, yeah. So 46, 46 minutes. minutes. Uh, 46 yeah. minutes where you feel pretty confident uh, that you're going to get things done in the proper way. I think, I'm guessing, I don't have it in front of me, but I think Nurse and Ekholm are your top two plus minus guys on the team. Yep. So you, you, you feel good. So Ekholm is very good, and they got him for playoff games. They got him to play against the Colorados, the LAs, the Vegas. So we're just seeing the tip of what he's capable of doing, and uh, we're looking forward to 
see an echo at his best in the bigger games. I, I would say to Brandon, I'm going to point out three things, and I don't know if we're directly answering our question because I don't think we're the only people that have noticed this. Um, heavier shot than I thought, including tonight's goal, uh, goal in Toronto, I think, and then clearly the goal against San Jose where he just said, like, that's a fastball pitcher. Here it is. Hit it. Right? <laughs> just mm -hmm. uh, so, so, that, so that's one. And then, and then seeing him play night after night and in person, he skates better than I thought. Because as you've pointed out, Rob, he often will join the rush or even participate in the cycle or the forecheck down low. But he skates well enough to get back. He, like, I can't think of many instances off the top of my head where he's, he's been caught. And then I do think he has helped Darnell Nurse. And, and I, I, I know there's this this segment of the population that has decided Darnell Nurse can do no right. But now, I mean, some nights, tonight Nurse played two and a half minutes more than Ekholm. Sometimes it's the other way around. Well, so, I, I disagree with that one, though, Reed. I think 90% of the games, Nurse has played more than Ekholm. I think what you're seeing, where you're getting is, before with Nurse, if he would play 25 minutes, it was 25 stressful minutes because he would only play against the other right. team's best players. So I think there's less, he's getting non-stressful minutes now, which he didn't get before. So I think that's where Ekholm really helps is because now you can put Ekholm out in a stressful situation and feel confident where the, I don't think the Oilers had a left-handed defenseman that Woodcroft felt confident putting out there. So, okay, this is a tough moment. Got to have Nurse out there. Another tough moment. Well, he just played four straight minutes. Well, we have no choice. We we are very thin on the back end. But now you're going to see Nurse at times play against the other team's third line. You never would have saw that earlier in the season. Yeah, I'm just quickly checking here. So Nurse has played more than Ekholm. Uh, yeah, it's mo I, I, I'd have to write it down here. They're kind of on different pages online. Mo most of the time, Nurse has played. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the exact percentage, but but I but still, I think it. I I, like, I mean, I think they benefit from each other, quite frankly. Oh, absolutely. And I always felt that Ekholm was a very good skater. Because I remember watching when he played against the Oilers, he would jump up in the play and he would lead the rush. But Nashville didn't really play that style. So you didn't see him standing in front of the opposition's net, which we've seen. There's been two or three goals the Oilers have scored this year where Ekholm was a pick in the crease. And it's just because that's the way the Oilers play. The players are interchangeable at times. Yeah. So I think that's something that we're not seeing a whole lot of. But I, I agree with the shot. I had no idea he had that heavy a shot. But when you're playing for the with the Oilers, you're going to get more of those open opportunities as a defenseman. And Ekholm has shown he's more than capable of putting the puck in the net when he's given those chances. So uh, he, he's been excellent. He's not certainly not Chris Pronger, but nobody is. But Ekholm has given the Oilers uh, a one-two punch on the left side that allows them to be one of the favorites in the Western Conference. All right. Speaking of Matthias Ekholm, let's go back to Denver. Here he is. Uh, seem like your style of game, eh, Matthias? Yeah, more like it, for sure. We've uh, no disrespect to, to Anaheim or San Jose, but there's, they, they present a little bit of a different challenge. I guess this is uh, the type of game that we're going to have to ties more nights than not here coming next week. So um, great to see the guys respond. I thought that may took us a period to get into the rhythm of, of the hard check-in, but um, once we got there, I thought we played a really solid game. I know you haven't been with this team long, but you have played the Avalanche a lot being in the same division. Is this kind of, do you think, the blueprint to, to having a good you know a good chance to beat them? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Stu maybe had to, to stand on his head a little bit too much at times, but um, that, that happens when you play these elite players, right? So uh, hopefully we can we can tighten that up a little bit but other than that yeah I thought we played played them really well um, obviously we're in their building so um, to keep it low score and, and and to find a way to dig it out in OT was great to answer them back very quickly in the first period how important was that to kind of keep keep the yeah. game back on track yeah. yeah I mean I've played here a couple times here lately where it can easily go to two or three before you know it and the uh, game's over so um, nice to get that one back right away and and kind of uh, gain momentum for us and, and, and maybe steal some momentum from them. What can you say about your team's commitment to the defensive side of the puck? Four goals against in the last six games. Yeah, um, I think it's something that we're, we're just buying in right now and it's great, it's great to see everyone sees what, what the results end up being and, and uh, 
maybe tonight there was at, at times, especially in the first day, they got some easy breaks on us. But but other than that, I think we're, we're defending well. I think we um, we try to do the right thing defensively before we go on the offense, and, and it's playing dividends. What impresses you most about Stuart Skinner? Just how calm he is, I think. Um, he's obviously a great goaltender, but he keeps calm and under every situation. Obviously, big body and, and blocks a lot of uh, space, so to speak. So he's the, we have two really good goaltenders. They've both shown it um, as of late, so it's great. Between last year's two, I mean, this year's two losses, last year's sweep in the playoffs, just how big is tonight's win as far as confidence goes? Yeah, um, it's it's obviously nice to, to put some debt in their minds, and I think um, we're a different team this year. They're a different team, and um, there's a new story to be written. I don't pay too much dividends in what happened last year. Um, other than that, I, th I think it's it was a tight, hard-checking game. I think that we deserved the win in the end. I thought we were the better team, and um, that was obviously great to see versus a really good hockey club. You keep your hopes alive in the division, the conference as well. How, how much does that matter to you guys? I mean, it's obviously matters a little bit, but it's not a huge deal. I think the home ice in the first round is the biggest key. We we don't know what happens to Vegas if they now end up winning the, the division, what happens to them in the first round, right? So um, we're just trying to focus on playing as good as we can heading into the postseason. I know that if you can come in with a good feeling and, and, and play good hockey, usually you, you get off to a good start. So that's the focus right now. All right, so there's Matias Ekholm, who got a goal in the first period. And, Rob, we're talking about him quite a bit, but if he would have scored on that shorthanded two-on-one with uh, Dreisaitl with 3.20 left, this would just be the Matias Ekholm show. I don't know if we'd be talking about any other player, but that uh, pass from Dreisaitl didn't uh, didn't quite get through as the Oilers do wind up winning 2-1 in overtime against the Avs. So the Oilers 49-23-9 on the season. If they win over San Jose on Thursday, obviously be win number 50 on the season, and uh, it would tie a franchise record nine-game winning streak, which they wouldn't have a chance to break, Rob, because they don't carry over the streaks from season to season. Well, I'll tell you what we will do. We will keep track of it in the playoffs. So if they win it, game the first game of the round one we will give them a new record in 10 wins in a row all right seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three sir roberts is on the line sir robert go ahead uh, hey guys how you doing good well uh, obviously tonight i i like uh, uh i like how the uh solid uh, uh defensive trend continued the uh uh only giving up uh, one goal again. Um, obviously, I'm, I think we're really seeing uh, the difference of a guy like uh, Ekholm back there. Skinner, obviously, again, really good. <clears throat> I mean, to me, in my opinion, Skinner should get should get a vote for the Calder, whether or not he wins it, I don't know. But that's just me. If I had a vote, I'd be voting for him. No bias. I just think he's. Uh, I just think Skinner's just been that good. Um, you know, I thought. Uh, I thought the big guys, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nuge, despite despite the, uh, McDavid and Dry only getting uh, the one point, I thought they were both pretty good most of the game. Kane, you know, being that uh, uh, physical pest out there, thought he looked good. So, in uh, obviously, uh, in my opinion, the final game on Thursday had had that been a nothing game, I'd be playing Campbell. But seeing as how it's not. You got to go to Skinner, so we just have to. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, sir. I'm, I'm going to talk to the people who let who decide who votes for the Calder. I'm going to try to get you in there. Sound fair? Uh, yeah. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks for calling, buddy. We appreciate it. We don't vote either, Rob. I uh, know we don't, but if we did, he would certainly have mine. And I mean, obviously, we're biased, and we get to see him all the time. And I don't get to see Maddie Beniers as often. And he's a fantastic player, but I can't see there being a conversation for the for the Calder and Stuart Skinner not being in the top three. I just, for the importance he's meant to this team. And again, this team is not battling for a conference and division title in game 82 if it was not for Stuart Skinner. I mean, he's been that good when the season went sideways for the Oilers starting goaler in, in Jack Campbell. So, yes, to me, I don't know if he wins it, but he certainly is in the top three and as good a chance as anyone to be the, the recipient uh, come late June or whenever they have the award show. I, I, I will say this because I, I think it's a foregone conclusion. McDavid's going to win the heart. Should be unanimous. Uh, I, I can't remember if we were talking on or off air, Rob, but I did see a name you mentioned. To me, it's going to be interesting to see who gets second. 
Uh, I saw, I can't remember if I saw it on Twitter or, or, or an intermission show or something. Uh, Matthew Kachuk? Yep, I, you and I talked, but I think Matthew Kachuk, to me, the, the three finalists would be McDavid, Kachuk, and Pasternak. They're my three finalists. I mean, Kachuk put the team on his back in Florida and got that willed them into the playoffs. And Pasternak, last year's MVP, Pasternak has better numbers than him. Yeah, and even I mean, strength Pasternak, points, I think he's second to McDavid. Yeah, and he's got he's got 60 goals, and he's got 110 points. I mean, Pasternak, Pasternak is having an MVP season. Unfortunately, it's in a Connor McDavid MVP season because Pasternak has been good. He's the best player on the best team. So that's a pretty good uh, pretty good season he's thrown together. Oilers win 2-1 in overtime against the Avalanche. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location at 3975 Calgary Trail. I, I was sorry, I was giving Sir Robert, uh, I was having some fun with him. Um, but something like fans do vote, right? Like they have fan votes for usually for all star games, and they've put players into the all star game. There's that a, guy a, in a Buffalo that vote. one year. Was, uh, it, was that Gurgis? Yeah, he, he got, he well, made John it. John Scott was a fan vote. Yeah, he was. And, and then remember, the, they made him, they sent him to the minors so that he couldn't go to the all star game, and the NHL got involved. They got ugly. And then John Scott, he, he won the MVP of the All-Star Game, which was even more fun. Yeah. yeah I've interviewed him about that. It's uh, pretty fun how he eventually kind of went along with it. I think it was kind of difficult for him, too. But anyway, we have Frank on the line. Frank, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, guys. Uh, enjoyed watching the game and uh, listening to your comments. I got to agree with uh, Rob. I hope in that last game that they do play everybody. The coaches can always manage the times of the players playing, depending upon, you know, what happens in the game itself. And I think this last run that you guys have been referring to have answered a lot of the concerns that uh, we've been discussing over the past number of weeks, uh, whether it be goaltending, scoring depth, defense, uh, toughness, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think what they've done collectively is given us, the fans, uh, kind of a confidence that we haven't had in a number of years. Uh, looking forward to a good playoff run. And, boy, if we meet Colorado in the final and we get seven games like we saw tonight, uh, what a treat. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I think that, well, I think that's a great comment. It, it would be, you know, it's still about five weeks away, but if these two teams did play each other, I think it would be an incredible series. I mean, look, the... Well, the last game of the series last year went to overtime, and all three regular season games this year went to overtime, so clearly they're close. I know there's changes from the West Final last year. And, yeah, I mean, look, Rob, the, you, you and I often, and I think eventually we'll stop doing it as the decade of darkness gets further away, but, I mean, I mean, they missed the playoffs 12 times in 13 years, right? So those days are of the fan frustration hopefully are, are are behind us where the team was was such a you know a bottom feeder but um yeah i think there's reason for hope and, and somebody said to me a, a colleague came to my desk today and said well how far do you think they can go i said look i'm not going to sit here you know tuesday afternoon of game 81 and 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 say the oilers are going to win the stanley cup but i will tell you this if the oilers don't beat themselves it's going to be pretty hard for another team to beat them four times in seven games. Yeah, I, I think the Oilers are capable of winning the Stanley Cup. I mean, there are other good teams that are going to have to go through. The LA Kings are going to be better in the playoffs because their injured players should come back. The last two times they've played the Oilers, they were missing four players, and, and good players. They're missing their leading score the last two times they played. So the LA Kings are going to be better. I don't know how Vegas continues to win. They're, they're missing a whole bunch of players still. Like Jack Eichel, their top two players are out of the lineup, yet they continue to win. So that's going to be a tough out. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche tonight, they were missing, I think, five regulars, including their best player. Kale McCarr is their best player. He was out of the lineup tonight. Landis Gog, their captain, was out. So there's going to be tough games ahead for the Edmonton Oilers. But they are capable of beating anyone. They've got the best two players in the world. They have the best power play in the world and it's not even close uh they've got uh, good solid defense now and they got a goaltender that 
uh, I can't remember the last time he let a bad goal in, let alone have a bad game. So this is a team right now that is as good as anyone in the National Hockey League. And uh, it's not going to be just, I don't think it's going to be as smooth as the last 14 games have gone for them here. There's going to be some adversity at some point. They may actually trail for more than two minutes over the next <laughs> little while in a playoff game. But they're capable of coming back in games. They're capable of holding on to a lead. They're capable of extending leads. They're good. But it's not going to be easy. But they are a team that many would be fearful of playing in any round in the playoffs. All right. 780-496-0063. We also have Dustin standing by. Hi, Dustin. Go ahead. How's it going? Good. Uh, kind of talk about the defensive side a little bit here, a little bit more. Um, in my opinion, this is best the Oilers have been team face-off wise in a long time. So I'll address it. I'll sit just under 40 or 55% and McDavid at just under 52. And I, I think that plays an effect on the power play side a little bit too. But in my opinion, there, there's a strong sense of why they've been playing a lot better defensively down the stretch too is everyone's the face-off ability has been a lot better. Well, uh, their power play benefits from face-offs 100%. Uh, I, I don't know what Leon's face-off percentage is on power plays, but it, it's got to be upwards of 70% because the Oilers seem to win every face-off when they're on the power play, which allows them to start in the offensive zone with the puck on their stick. Uh, and, and then penalty killing. The Oilers, they went out and got a right-handed uh, centerman in Bukestad to win face-offs on the power play. Used to be every single time, excuse me, on the penalty kill, used to be every single time they were killing, Leon Dreisel had to trot out to the face-off circle. His minutes were extended because he had to take every face-off. So yeah, the fact that the Oilers have some other guys that can win draws certainly takes a lot of stress off of Leon and allows him to be a little fresher to do what he does best, and that's play offensively. Okay, you're going to hear from Stuart Skinner. Uh, we got time for a couple more calls, 780-496-0063. Oilers take it. They've won eight in a row. 2-1 overtime win against the Avs. Heartland Ford overtime open line. Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford overtime open line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Puck out through center to McKinnon, out of Randon. Over to Taves, oh, what a save! That is Stuart Skinner's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310 Glass or visit crystalglass.ca. Another solid performance by Skinner as the uh, Oilers have turned things around in the goals against department as they just allow one tonight. So the Oilers' uh, last six games they have allowed four goals against two shutouts and now four games in a row in which they've allowed exactly one goal 2-1 overtime decision against the avalanche tonight you'll hear from skinner in a second first we'll go to the certainty hotline we have kj hi kj go ahead hey uh i appreciate you guys so much uh i don't have a tv and uh so i listen to your your, your uh, talk all the time and i just wanted to talk i wanted to change it up a little bit if i could because everybody always calls in and critiques everybody's this and that uh, i'm just wondering about uh like the the uh the tech of the game like everybody's complaining about the coaches uh, not the coaches i mean uh what they do uh as far as um you know uh, uh Come on, like, uh, we're always doing, uh, okay. Did you, say, sorry, these, uh, did you say the tech? Do you mean, like, the stuff in between the whistles and stuff? Yeah, like, yeah, the whistles, and we're going to uh, looking at the, the TV cameras and all that stuff, you know what I'm The saying? replays? Oh, the replays. Yeah, yeah, so all the replays are what? How, and what what's going to change that? Can we ever get out of that? Is so, that ever possible that we could change that? What, do you, do what you mean the video be? review, KJ? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, no, they'll never get rid of that. Yeah, they brought that in. They feel that it gives the uh, a more honest game because they're getting the right call. Um, they've tried to streamline it to make it quicker. But, yeah, no, uh, video replay is here to stay. They may modify exactly how they use it, 
and I think there there will always be other things that pop up or they add or take away. I think the goal line ruling to, to see whether or not the puck went in the net, I don't think that's going anywhere. I mean, there's been changes. Well, they've even changed the offside a little bit. Mm-hmm. Goalie interference, uh, you know, yeah. the puck hit, you know, if, uh, if there should have been a stoppage, that got added a couple of years ago, but no, I don't but, think... But all of those still have video replays. Yeah, that's so they may what change I, the rules, yeah. but they're always going to have replays. Some form of video replay I don't think is ever going to leave the sports that use it now that it's it's in there. By nope, the way, did you, see, did you see that diving save Hellebuck? Speaking of this Jets, Oh, my well, goodness gracious. That diving that was save on, he made. <laughs> oh, uh, unbelievable in a in a game as big as it was for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, he's he's been lights out as of late. The Winnipeg Jets. I mean, it all I guess depend on Ellers. They can't afford. They're not a team that scores a whole lot. They can't afford to lose him. But having Hellebuck in net gives them a fighting chance in every game, and we've seen that firsthand here in Edmonton. What he can do in a series. So, yeah, that was an unbelievable save. That's one where you, you go to bed at night if you're the player that shot it, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I missed the entire wide-open net. But uh, Hellebuck uh, has been playing very, very well, and he actually will get to rest his last game because the Winnipeg Jets have clinched a playoff spot. All right, let's go back to Denver. Winning goaltender, Stuart Skinner. Stuart, a high-pressure game. How much do you kind of relish the opportunity of playing in high-pressure moments? Yeah, um, I mean, I think... The whole group in here loves it. Um, the fans were really loud tonight, especially going into the third period, uh, especially the last five minutes, OT. I mean, it, it really felt like a playoff atmosphere game. It uh, felt like a playoff game all around, and I thought we did a great job in the, just the way we handled it. So um, big two points for us. In hockey, there's always talk about getting a late goal in the period and then coming in with confidence. For a goaltender, you made a big stop in that second period to make sure that game was tied. What does that do for your confidence heading into the third? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I thought it was, uh, I mean, that's part of the game, right? There's moments, there's uh, there, there's big moments in the game where, you know, on the other end we had our chances and uh, that guy made some really nice saves as well. And um, then it comes back in our end and that's just kind of how it rolls sometimes. And uh, for me, just to be able to give my team a chance to win every night is my job. And um, that's a that's a, a moment that uh, for me definitely feels good. Um, but at the same time, you got 20 more minutes to, to keep her going. I mean, it was a 1-1 game, so... Um, important third period and we played great i'm not sure how far to go back here but you've been playing pretty well for for quite a while i mean how how, what does that do for your confidence heading into potentially the playoffs here yeah i think it's a good time for us to kind of get rolling here a good time for us to definitely feel good about your game feel confident um i think everyone in here has kind of been feeling that way um and you know it, it is important to feel that kind of feeling um it's kind of an unspoken feeling but uh it's important to have that going in especially the first round was that, I mean, I asked uh, Matias about home ice advantage, about, about getting the top seed. Is it more important maybe that you're playing the way that you can because it's out of your control a little bit now? The, the top seed of the conference that is, you'd rather play kind of the way that you, you know, can, can continue to play and let the chips fall where they may? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, we have no control over how Vegas plays and how Seattle, L.A., just any team in general. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's our job to try to win the games that we play in. And, uh, you know, every single night we're, you know, we're a competitive group. And uh, no matter what situation we're in, we're trying to win the game. So um, very important. And, uh, I mean, again, the guys have just been playing really solid. You were showing your grit and determination, especially with that onslaught in that third period. What goes through your mind when Evan Bouchard scores an OT? Oh, I was just, I was kneeling down and I was just like, thank goodness. Um, I was pretty tired, to be honest. The elevation here is, uh, it's real. <laughs> so, um, no, it was awesome. Uh, it was nice to see Bouch uh, score that too. I mean, he's got a, I mean, he's Bouch bomb. So he uh, made a really nice release. And uh, to be honest, I don't think the, you know, the goalie could have done much on that. Um, big goal, big for us just to be able to get the third win against these guys. I mean, they beat us two games in a row, right? So um, the fact that we didn't get swept in the regular season against these guys is huge. I think it's the only one that goes past you pinballs off two guys, eh? Like, did you have any clue where that where that one went? Yeah, it was kind of a tough play. Like, I mean, just a kind of crazy broken play. Went off a stick, another stick, went off a skate. And then right when it went off the skate, I moved my pad up just that second so um i mean it's a game of inches um it's about what you do after that and the you know x scored right away and i think that's a huge bounce back and just to be able to get that momentum shift 
McDavid became the first player in NHL history to have three 15-plus game point streaks. Just how incredible is what he's doing this year, and how crucial is it for you guys? Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's amazing for us. Uh, just the fact of how he is on the ice. Um, you know, a big thing for me is just how he is off the ice and how hardworking and how he is as a leader. Um, just how he is as a friend in general, and uh, that's the that's the big reason why we love him around here. All right, that's the winning goaltender tonight, Stuart Skinner. Oilers beat the Avalanche 2-1 in OT. Eight consecutive victories for the Oilers, 13-0-1 in their last 14. And the regular season finale on 6.30, Chad, presented by Friesen Brothers, is Thursday, home game against the Sharks, 5.30 for the face-off show. And the puck will drop at 7. The Oilers will try to tie a franchise record and get a nine-game winning streak. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Get more on the Oilers on 630chat.com, globalnews.ca. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. A boosh bomb wins it in overtime. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Good night.